it's also a costume run. Is it a costume run now? It's always a costume run, I thought, since Wayne showed up in costume. I didn't even know it was a costume run. I just noticed everyone showed up in <laughs> costumes. <laughs> I was like, hey, this is kind of neat. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is the Gas Cap Renegades podcast, also known as the Trailcast. I'm your host, Levi Black Eagle, and we are going to go on an adventure. So lace up them shoes, grease up those nipples, and put some band-aids on those ass cheeks, and let's talk running. Trail running. The Gas Cap Renegades podcast. Trailcast. that sound a little better? Yeah. <laughs> the ending there was pretty good. It wasn't as um, abrupt. Yeah, I was like, surprise, here we are. You kind okay. of put a band-aid at the end of that intro. Second episode. You excited? I'm excited. What did you think about the first one? I I was pleasantly surprised. I think it went well. I feel like all the um, feedback we're getting so far is mostly positive. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I don't know if um, I got a lot of compliments and questions about your itty bitty shorts. Did you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of um, a lot of nipple uh, comments. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. That's the mostly what I'm hearing. So I think that we really struck a nerve or a chord with our audience, and it's uh, apparently it's nipples, greasy R- ones, runner probs. Yeah. So. Last week, it was our introductory episode, and it was just Jason and I, speaking of which, uh, this, I'm Levi Blackigo. I'm here with Jason Cummins, and we are part of the Gas Cap Renegades, yep, hosting, part of, host, part of the crew, part hosting the, crew. the Trailcast. So, what was I going to say? I don't know. So, we have a, a first... For our format here, we have our first guest. You excited? You excited to interview him? Yeah, we got a local coming on, a local from Binnada, all the way from No Water, Montana, is going to be joining us. Yep, and um, he's come quite a ways in his short running tenure or career. And yeah, this past summer, he made history as one of the first Crow Indians, full-blooded Crow Indians, just kidding, <laughs> to... Um, to complete a 100-mile run. He did the one Bighorn 100-mile this past summer and finished it. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing. I think he jumped up in distance, didn't he? From, did he? Yeah, we'll have to ask him. He went from, because um, two years ago, he was in the 50K, and then last year he finished the 100-miler, the 100-mile race. Yeah. From a 50K to a 100-mile race, so hopefully we can ask him some good questions and figure out how his training was. And Yeah, because that is a... Uh, it's really unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs> Usually they say uh, 50K, then maybe 100K, and gradually move up to the 100 mile. Yeah, he's, it's like how when like, kids walk up steps and they skip a couple steps and they just kind of... He jumped to it. the top of the case. Yeah, and he did it with uh, some success, so we're anxious to pick his brain and see what makes him tick and what how what he uh, how he was able to be so successful in um, his debut outing. Because I know that... Even uh, professional runners don't always finish all their 100-mile runs, so 
yeah, anxious to get him on here. Local. I think uh, I know him. I've known him all my life. I think I'm pretty sure you have. You guys grew up just a stone's throw away from each other. No, that is my neighbor. My neighbor from No Water, Montana. Yep. So we're going to get him in here. I'm excited to have him, our first guest. And I think we really chose a doozy. Do you have any injuries you're dealing with right now? Me? Yeah. I uh, Recovering. I hurt my ankle. Little little injury. So I heard it this summer. Though. and huh? Nothing major though. I think it might have been major. Remember I, I went in and um, it was pretty fun because... I went in there and the doctor was like, well, look at your shoes. Of course you hurt yourself. And I was like, these are my work shoes. He's trying to get after me and I'm wearing my Toms. I'm like, I don't run in these things. And he's, so then, um, yeah, he took the x-ray and he treated me a lot better after he seen the, <laughs> after he seen what the x-ray is. So what was, what was the diagnosis or the prognosis or whatever? Uh, injury. Injury. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong we don't really know, but um, here. <laughs> it's pretty major. It was major, but um, nothing some duct tape couldn't fi- fix. <laughs> I'm, I've seen the videos. <laughs> Finishing your race with a roll of duct tape. Well, like, it's an uh, Iron Man. It was like my second injury, right? And the beaver head, I got hurt. I just uh, I kind of popped my ankle and the beaver head, 50K. That was a good race. That was a fun race. I got some video I'll have to share sometime. But then I kind of recovered, and um, well, I thought I did. Then the next one, a mile into the hurl, and it popped twice, really, and it was painful. It was like a a wave of disappointment shot over me too at the pain, and then, um, I kind of kept running, and Manny was there. I think Manny kind of um waited up for me and made sure I finished. So pretty thankful for that. Yeah. Hurt though, I'm still recovering from that. I'll bet. But but for right now, running no no problem. Just tender. Just tender. How about you? How's your IT? I don't think it's an IT. I think I might have Osgood Slaughter. <laughs> Osgood Slaughter. <laughs> What's Osgood Slaughter? <laughs> I think it might be a appetizer. No. Uh, <laughs> you have an hors d'oeuvre on your knee. <laughs> I think you serve it with meat on meat. I don't want to know what that means, man. It's um, it's a. Uh, <laughs> Do I want to know? It's like a, it's like a bump under your knee, I think. Oh. I think kids get it quite a bit when their bones are growing, like their bones grow too fast and like they kind of separate from the tendons. I don't know something like that. But the the brace I use that sits under my patella, that's called an Osgood Slaughter. Osgood Slaughter. Osgood Slaughter brace. So, <laughs> there's your bit of trivia for this go around. <laughs> Osgood Slaughter, not to be confused with Sergeant Slaughter, who was also <laughs> <laughs> who's that? He was a um, drill sergeant for the GI Joes, <laughs> based off of a based off of wrestling personality back when it was in the WWF. Sergeant Slaughter, huh? Yeah, I didn't know that. He was uh, played by uh, Robert Rudolph Remus. Where is this? I saw this coming from. Off the cuffs of my head, he's an E seven gunnery sergeant. And he trained G.I. Joe's, which means he had to be really good. And I don't think he had <laughs> Osgood speechless. Slaughter. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> so, uh, well, we... um, How many um, how many WWF moves did you get in trouble for? None. I seem to remember um, 
people doing a suplex off of couches. One time, um, Randall was telling me, my older brother Randall was telling me a story that when he was going to school in senior, yeah, uh, there was a fight back when Sandy's was right across the street from senior, and he knew the guys. I forget what he said, but he said they're really, really getting after it during lunch in the parking lot of Sandy's there. <laughs> <laughs> he said that one guy went after him and he kind of grabbed him by his waist. He he tried to shoot for his legs, and the other guy on top grabbed him by his leg and just kind of picked him up. So like he was holding him upside down. And then he just he just kind of lifted his legs up and did a DDT on him right there in the parking lot. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> we don't endorse that at all. Not at all. But um, <laughs> as far as me personally, no, I've never gotten in trouble. Did I put someone in the sleeper hold one? Who was your favorite wrestler? Uh, I have to say, Ultimate Warrior. It was probably probably Britt the Hitman Hart. <laughs> Britt the Hitman. <laughs> we saw them live. Not I don't saw the Hart. I don't think the Hart Foundation. My favorite was there. wrestler, I tell you, is Nacho Libre. Oh, <laughs> <New> stretchy pants. <laughs> stretchy pants. <laughs> we watched that. It's recently. It was pretty funny. It's based on a true story. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nacho Libre is based on a true story. Was it? That's what Matt and Marty said. That doesn't make give it any more credibility. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's not based on a true story of Matt and Marty, <laughs> got my information from you. I think Matt was Nacho Libre and Marty was uh, the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is pretty fun, uh, Escalito. What's his name? Me. He had like three or four names in that show. I don't. I just know Nacho don't, Libre. Don't judge me because you only believe, or I only believe in. I believe in science. <laughs> I always did an Escalito impression <laughs> to stop myself. <laughs> so uh, we locked down a, um, a date for the cold nose, right? Yep. The cold nose will be... The 28th. The 28th. Saturday the 28th. Saturday the 28th after Christmas. So you'll still be home recovering from Christmas. It'll be nice and cold. So come yep. out and run with us. It's also a costume run. Is it a costume run now? It's always a costume run, I thought, since Wayne showed up in costume. I didn't even know it was a costume run. I just noticed everyone showed up in <laughs> costumes. <laughs> I was like, hey, this is kind of neat. <laughs> I thought we had a whole discussion about costume because I think we had prizes for like costume. Oh, yeah. Ah, I was kind of... I just yeah. noticed everyone had costumes. I didn't. So the 28th, Cold Nose, will be over there at Gas Cap. That seemed like that's something a race director would know. Yeah, race was the <laughs> I knew the start line and the finish line. The twenty first, I think Billings is going to have the eggnog challenge, the Billings area trail runners. I did that last year, right after the cold nose. I ran up and tried out the eggnog challenge. Oh, with the baiters, with the baiters, the Billings area trail runners, and that was um, Lundeen and his crew, and uh, I. I only tried eggnog once in my entire life. So what? what is the eggnog challenge? We drink like a half a quart for each quarter mile of um, a race. So like each quarter mile, I drink another half quart. So quarter, I think that's how much it was. Is it like kind of like the beer mile challenge where you, you drink a beer after every lap, but it's eggnog instead? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. I haven't. You have to tell me about that one. <laughs> <laughs> the the eggnog sounds a lot worse. 
But um, it was bad. I, I didn't eat for like the whole day after that. I, I gagged, gagged a few times and I think they kept everyone. No, they did. They kept times of everyone and they waited up for me because I was the last one to show up. So I was pretty happy. They were just now leaving and I pulled up and they waited for me to get the challenge done. I took fourth place. <laughs> so, so you did the whole thing by yourself? I did the whole thing by myself. I bought the eggnog and I wasn't going to drive away empty handed. You had to bring your own eggnog? Yeah, bring your own eggnog. I think one guy got disqualified because um, they found out he didn't, even, he didn't actually use eggnog. He um, had a protein drink. Golly, <laughs> so, so, uh, the baiters, they don't mess around. He got disqualified. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? I'm going to sneak this in and get him caught for it. <laughs> I think he knew ahead of time they were going to DQ him. Oh. Got an asterisk by his name in that maybe, challenge. Maybe he had like a allergy or something. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to develop an allergy to eggnog <laughs> this year too. <laughs> <laughs> but they they got a lot of good fun events over there so yeah they do we uh we should pick get one of those guys down here yeah who's their, who's their boss london 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 ryan yeah, we're, we're yeah ryan finished the hundred i think a few hundreds some good advice he could share with us yeah that'd be a good brain to pick so ryan london london or london but uh, london is let's say london london if you're uh, listening we're, we're formally extending you an invitation to come join us and have a conversation <laughs> about running 100 miles and disqualifying people for using fake eggnog in your runs <laughs> and your eggnog challenges. Good group of people, good group of guys and ladies. So, we got a, like we were saying earlier, we have a special episode this year, this Is go it, around. Oh man, this year too. Oh, they have an annual episode. <laughs> you know, time just flies when you're having fun. <laughs> no, but, um, so we have our first episode, and um, we're really pleased that he was able to come in, and we're really excited to pick his brain. And so, without further ado, our first guest of the Trailcast, Mr. Tim Pease. Say hi, Tim. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> sensual. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. So, um, Tim, you weren't a runner growing up, right? Negative. Um well, before I start, or before I say anything, I gotta I gotta give all the praise and glory to God for everything that I've accomplished and uh, the changes that occurred in my life to lead to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. uh, without Him, none of this would have been possible for me. All right. I definitely awesome. wouldn't be running a hundred miles. So awesome. But uh, I gotta give Him the praise and glory. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I wanted to uh, thank you guys. Yeah. At Gas Cap Running Gates, uh -huh. Levi, Jason, Scott, Brocade. Um, you guys have put some positive back into the community, and you've introduced and reintroduced running to um, people. And even the events you put on, like the um, the Cold Nose and the Costume Run, the Mom's Trail. Uh -huh. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much work goes into something like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's free to the public, some of your guys' runs, mm -hmm. and that's that's good for us. And also, like, I got a 12 and 11 and 10-year-old. Yeah. And um, they're, if you ask them, they'll say they're little gas cap renegades. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> we're, we're, we're really proud of them, especially seeing their, their growth and 
just how how successful they've been and i think it's really an attribute to the way they're raised as well yeah it's really thanks doing a good job oh thanks for the kind words can definitely feel the sincerity yeah so tell me about the um time (laughs) growing up in no water when you're playing on them hay bales (laughs) <laughs> just kidding in the dark trying to hide from the ranchers <laughs> uh, see, those are good times huh? yeah good times back in no water kids don't grow up like that no more <laughs> oh, um, back to your question I never was a runner um, this spring will be my fourth year ever running yeah and I'm 40 years old now mm-hmm. so I wish I would have got started earlier yeah but I started when I was 37, and honestly, I could count the number of races oh, I've really? ever ran in. And uh, I never, I was, I think running was always, I was, I was always a part of my training. Mm-hmm. But I never went out and said, "All right, I'm going to get ready for the rut," or yeah, you know, I I never signed up for a 5K or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I've only been running, be my fourth year. And so, so what made you start? Well, my story is kind of different. Um, I started because of an injury. I erupted Achilles. My Achilles was like an inch apart, and it was like that for like a month. Hmm. And I know, and I think I might have done some damage at the time, but the the doctors were um, to have somebody take your legs away. Yeah. It it does something to you. Uh Uh-huh. Because after my surgery, I was laid up for eight weeks. I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't even take the garbage out. I mm. was I was useless pretty much. And my family needed me. And I vowed ever since then that if I could do something about it, I would, I'll never be in that situation again. Yeah. And it's scary because you will never know until the doctor or somebody says, all right, you're no longer going to be able to use your leg. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... uh and my doctor that did the surgery, um, my checkups with him, he was surprised by the speedy of the recovery. But um, he had a poster in his office. It was a finish line of the Boston Marathon. Hmm. And my last checkup, he said, uh, be ready for arthritis. And hmm. by the age time you're 40, you'll be dealing with arthritis. Uh-huh. And also to start using a cane. What I know, right? And he's he's like, see, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm very passionate about the outdoors, so I love uh-huh. hiking and I love, I'd rather be outdoors than uh, a movie. Yeah, so, and that was kind of a tough one to swallow, you know. Yeah, and I told him when I walked out of his office, I pointed at that poster and I said, someday I'm gonna run in that, and he kind of giggled and uh-huh. he said, uh, take care of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but I've been running ever since, and. I'm I'm still gonna make that Boston Marathon someday. Yes, yeah. you will. Yeah, I know. But most importantly, is my my children. Mm-hmm. I got little eyes and ears watching me. Oh yeah, definitely. And what better way to set an example by actually going out and doing it? Yeah, exactly. I I always believe that your children won't always do what you say. Maybe they will, but they're, they're, they're more do. likely to do what you do. Yeah, so yeah, do what you do. You yes, sir. Example. So a big part of wisdom. Recovering. It's been fun for me is mm-hmm. when, um, like, one of the best things for running is having my boys go with me. Oh, yeah. You know, this year I had the boys and the nephew was also doing the, um, they did the 18 mile where we did the, mm-hmm. Tim here did the 100 and we did the 50. And yeah. 
just um, spending the night before with them and driving home with them and just yeah. knowing that they experienced some of that courses. And then when we go up to the mountains to train and having the boys with me, mm-hmm. just um, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. running is very, uh, what would you say, therapeutic? Yep. Definitely. Yeah. It, it helped. If I'm feeling bad, I'll just go for a run. I'll feel, instantly feel better. Yeah. <laughs> the, me and the old lady are at all. We'll, we'll go run together, and that really seems to... I, I really believe to save my marriage a couple of times. Yeah. So it's, it's more than just moving, putting one... In the simplest form, all you're doing is putting one foot in front of the other, and that's the biggest thing. Is, it's, uh, it transcends. It's kind of like... It's kind of like a become a form of prayer in a way, but just um, made my life better and yeah, made me a better husband, dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better definitely. Educated, everything, you know, everything. I can't think of anything bad to say about it other than people are going to say, oh, it's bad on your knees or this and that. But. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you hear about you guys are running too much. Yeah. And like, you didn't say that to me when I was eating like six donuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, you've had too many donuts. Knock it off. That would be rude. <laughs> but everyone's always like, you're running too much. And so, well, so the Bighorn, what, you ran the 30K and the 50K or what did you do? Yeah, the first, the first year I ever ran, I jumped right into the 18. Mm-hmm. And um, I did the 18 the first year out of the Bighorn series, the yeah. 18, 32, and the 50. Is it 52? Or Mm-hmm. I did the 18, and at the time I think I weighed around 260. Oh wow! So I wasn't ideal. I wasn't ideal runner body, uh-huh. <laughs> far from it. But I did the 18. I finished, and that same summer I did the uh, TP Creepers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, TP fo- Creeper. Yeah. <laughs> and the following year I I did uh, the 10 mile challenge at the battlefield, mm-hmm. and that year I went to the 32. And I trained a little more yeah. than I did for the 18, and it it felt good. I, I thought I did good. Mm-hmm. I finished strong. Yeah. And I got to talking with my wife, and uh, I don't know. Life's too short, you know. You gotta. I didn't want to regret anything. Yeah. So I just jumped right to the hundred, and <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and uh, that's where I ended up was the hundred, and that's what we were saying. You jumped from the 50k to the hundred miler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got it done. Yeah. And that year, I, or last year, I also did the half a marathon and um, a Montana marathon. So those were the only races I've ever run. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. Yeah, but Bighorn 100 is a, I don't know. I can't compare it because I've never run to other races, but. How would you compare it just from like, I guess things you can compare it to from the 50K to the 100? What would What would be the biggest, just besides the distance, I guess? Oh, man, I don't know. It's the 50K, you guys. I think the terrain, mm-hmm. I don't want to say the 50K was easy. Yeah. But but <laughs> it's, a, it's a different world up at Jaws. Yeah. Oh, the mud? The mud, the snow, the 30 we just, degrees. We just went down it. We didn't go up it either. So yeah. yeah. I it, can't even imagine. It It's going to change your life. Whoever, whoever is doing the 100 uh, be ready, you know, because it's going to change your life whether you finish or whether you tap out. Yeah, it's it's life changing, and it's powerful actually. Mm-hmm. But how how did you um how did you train for it? Like, did you just say this feels right, or did you actually do a little research? Or I, I did some research, but um, uh, man, I don't know. I'm not. 
I take advice from from other people, mm-hmm. and no disrespect to people that have maybe run over a hundred five k's or yeah. every year during two marathons, and but everybody has never had that to step up to a hundred. Yeah, and the only videos I found was on YouTube, and um, I don't know. It's my training was different, definitely different. Um, I started training the day after Thanksgiving oh, last okay. year, only yeah. because I like my turkey and ham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my wife and I went to um, IHS ER, yeah, and we used their scale just just so we could get an accurate reading oh, and okay. we could have a scale we could always go back to. Dang. And uh, you wouldn't believe it, but when when I weighed in the day after Thanksgiving, um, I know here's a guy who's only run three years. Mm-hmm. And I got a six four frame, and I weighed in at two seventy two. So, <laughs> and I was planning on running a hundred. <laughs> I know, right? And it's it, with the busted Achilles, huh? Yeah, well, but uh, Achilles three years before. Yeah. Oh, you can run though. And fifty uh, k, I remember we were kind of next to each other up until I forgot what aid station it was. Yeah, I don't remember. The, I don't remember the names of those eight stations. Well, I just, you, you stopped to refill <laughs> your bladder, and I took off running. Oh yeah! The rest of the race, I was imagining you right behind me, <laughs> <laughs> just running. Jim's right behind me. Keep going. Don't stop. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, when I when I trained the day before the race, before the hundred, they give you a physical exam. They check your weight, your resting heartbeat, just just so they have it on on file. In case something happens on the trail, and I went from two seventy two in six months down to two twenty eight, with oh, with my training. So it kind of helped out a lot. And yeah, definitely. When I trained for the hundred, I my main goal was to lose weight. Yeah, I needed to lose weight. That was a lot of weight to carry at four hundred miles. It was mm-hmm. two hundred seventy two. So that was my main goal. And it it also your diet. My diet was 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 um kind of like levi's right now yeah <laughs> was it <laughs> just kidding as my wife and i were introduced to the keto diet by one of the, by a friend of ours yeah and we tried it out and we seen results right away the the first week is tough mm-hmm. oh yeah and the second week you start getting what they call the keto flu where your body aches oh wow and uh but like a flip of a switch is you just get all this energy but and keto's keto's the one where you um it's kind of like the atkins so no carbs or zero carbs and all the fats you want oh wow eating it, like an old time indian then, it, huh? it just switches from uh, from no uh, processed foods. yeah so from, i started watching my diet and um i didn't even know there was a keto diet but i kind of really tried to get rid of the food that made me tired so I'd work here if I'd eat something within 10, 15 minutes, I'd really try to pay attention to what I was eating and yeah, brought me down. Then I would just cut that from my diet. Then there's, there's a documentary right now on Netflix. I don't know if you guys ever seen it. It's um called game changers and it talks about a vegan. Oh diet. yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. And that, that, that's pretty interesting. I like it. But the keto diet, you could also eat clean fats. And I mean, you don't have to eat a whole slab of bacon, you know, and <laughs> you don't have to do that. But <laughs> it's bacon in my trail pack. Yeah, I know, right? It smell like bacon on the trail. <laughs> I had bacon on the trail. It was delicious. Yeah, I had I bacon at. Remember, we had bacon at the <laughs> rut. Yeah, that was like a 
quite the emotional experience. Don't they have it on that 32? Yeah. At, at the, at the elk elk station in Canyon? Elk Camp? Is that the one that's called? I was looking forward to that bacon, man. We were too late. It was all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Got to that aid station. There's no more bacon. On our 50-mile, all the aid stations are pit clean. <laughs> yeah, I think your diet's key to when, when you're um, going that distance because last year during a seminar you guys put on, uh, Mr. Montoya was saying that the hunter can kill you, and I could see it actually putting you in IC, you know, because if you're not eating right, you're your vitals will shut down, your stomach, your your liver, or whatever. And because that's a long way, it's 80, 100 miles. Mm-hmm. What were some of the, um, I guess, the challenges, the low points that you remember, and how'd you get through those? The low points, um, you know, I don't... Or is it all good? It was all good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I wanna say there was some, some low points at night, but... Um, how was it running at night? It's... It's nothing, I don't want to say it's nothing new or anything. I don't want to say I'm always in, out there, but I, I, like I said, I'm passionate about the outdoors, so I'm always out in the hills trying to hike and do what I can. And So I wasn't, I wasn't scared. There was no fear of being out there alone with, mm-hmm. with just your headlamp. Yeah, because I imagine out on your hunts, you probably end up out there in dark. Yeah, time. I could see how I could paralyze somebody that hasn't yeah. done that and it's from like a city or something that comes out to the Bighorn Mountain Range and is told to run in the dark you know <laughs> that was another thing i wanted to ask how do you think that because i know you're an avid hunter that how do you think that it helped you become a better hunter or being a hunter helps you become a better runner or is it just like a total symbiotic relationship there i i don't know it's the what like part of my training mm-hmm. like right now i'm i'm this is my first week running um and i haven't ran for two months yeah and but i try to train year round like I said, this is only my fourth year running, so I'm not yeah. an expert at this or anything. But yeah. same. one thing I like to do in the winter is hike yeah. in the snow. Mm-hmm. And where we live is ideal for training because we got three mountain ranges. Yeah. And we could get up to about 9,000 feet if we wanted to. So, and right now I just, I'm hiking for hours. I'm not putting in miles. Like um, on Sunday, I went for four hours. I just throw what I can in the pack like a survivor package and some water and some extra clothing. And I, I go and as every time I go out, I try to try to find somewhere where it's physically demanding, you know, like a, a canyon or, um, I don't want to just go out there and walk gas cap nonstop because yeah. that ain't yeah. going to do nothing. I know. But, um, I think that has a lot to do with it. And when I'm out on the trails, like the, the the trail runs I've run, I've noticed that people that run, that train a lot on flat ground when they get out there, yeah, it takes a toll on them for for them to run, mm-hmm. like forty minutes side hill and then go straight downhill for yeah. another half hour and then mm-hmm. turn around and go right back up for two hours and their body shuts down on them because they're not used to this yeah. this constant, um, the up and down and yeah. elevation and right now with the training it. I think it helps me a lot because it helps my IT band. Oh yeah. Uh my hip flexors, my quads, my hams, mm-hmm. my lower back especially. Yeah. Uh my ankles. And it it just I think it just makes your body stronger. So so when you're out there hiking or hunting, do you ever just, just throw on the trail runners and jog a little bit or do you? Last year a lot of the hunting trails I, I that I that I traditionally go on, I 
I went on them with a with running shoes, uh-huh. and it was kind of a bad idea because I had shorties on, and <laughs> <laughs> man, my my legs are scratched up, and I still had a long way to go. <laughs> those that there's your baggy trunk. Yeah, you should have used them long trunks. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> For the brush. <laughs> the 1999 <laughs> Jordans. <laughs> so, what do you think, um, Levi's? Oh, is it your theory about running? The more you run, the shorter your shorts get. Do you think that's true? Yeah. Well, I, I think, think it's even... true. The more comfortable you get. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, actually, yeah. you need short shorties. You can't yeah. be running out there like, um, what's that lady's name that's dominant right now in trail running? Um, DeWalter. DeWalter. Courtney yeah. DeWalter. The lady? Yeah. Yeah, and she's, she's got like ball shorties on. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if she doesn't. She's kind of known for it. I <laughs> know. I couldn't do it. I think, um, yeah, I didn't I think that's uh, my shorts have been too short. I need some big shorts, <laughs> bigger shorts. I don't know. As long as you're not sporting <laughs> yeah. white white legs, huh? Just kidding. Uh, I like having a tan as far as I can get it. So, um, <laughs> was there anything being out there for the hundred? Was there anything that like caught you by surprise? Like, oh, I wasn't expecting this, or good or um, bad? The weather, definitely weather? the weather. Mm. The weather and um, how was how was did it? The rain or the snow or what was it? Both. You guys I, got rain and snow done? We got rain and snow and then we finished what it was like 80 degrees. Wow, man, it was everywhere. It was like the whole, yeah. all four At seasons. Jaws, when we got to Jaws, it was like 30 degrees oh, yeah. and everything you had on was frozen. Your your raincoat felt like it was in a break. Uh-huh. And um, I mean, it was, I didn't expect that at all. And I'm glad I didn't expect it because mm. I went into that race not knowing what I was getting into. Yeah. I just knew I needed to get it done. Uh-huh. And even my wife printed out a big old pile of paper yeah. that had all the information about the race uh-huh. like a month ahead of time. Uh-huh. And she said, read this, read this, read this. And I always act like I read it. And <laughs> she, it, got to the, it got to the point where she actually highlighted some stuff and uh-huh. said, did you read this? And I'm like, I'm trying to watch Sports Center, and she's over here. <laughs> and I actually had to hide it in a oh. dresser that we've never ever used. And she found it like two days before. And yeah. the nitty gritty, the nitty gritty. So I never seen the, I never even seen the map until the day before the race. Oh man! Did, so, did you think that you're gonna be like get inside your head and like overthink it, or did you just? No, I just, I didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. I knew a hundred miles is a long way. No matter, yeah. And I knew. I, I I watch a lot of motivation videos. Yeah, and um, I I know that ninety percent of that race is in the mind. Mm-hmm. It's how strong you are mentally. Definitely. And you could have the, the perfect ideal runner's body, but mm-hmm. if you hit what they call you hear marathon runners refer to it as the wall. Yeah. If you hit one of those, if you ain't got it in your head, then you ain't coming back up. Because honestly, I think. The wall doesn't exist to me. Mm-hmm. The wall is something a weak-minded person made up one mm-hmm. day, and a, another weak-minded person came along and said, "Oh yeah, the wall. Yeah. Definitely, there's definitely a wall. You know, and mm-hmm. if that's the definition of a wall is when your your body can't go no more, then yeah, you're gonna run into like sixty of those on mm-hmm. this hundred mile course because yeah. that's how demanding it is mm-hmm. physically and and mentally to you got to overcome it, yep. and that goes all the way back to your training." And I think that's important that you train your mind just as much as you train your body. Very good. Very and good. I did mine with prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was, I'm not, I don't know. I, I 
It changes your life, man. 100 miles will change your life. I can see that because I've run way less distances and felt like I had like spiritual experiences with it. Yeah, definitely. I, I can't imagine how 100 is going to be. You'd be like Moses when he went up to the top <laughs> and came back. <laughs> Gray hair and all. Yeah, I can't imagine either because just doing the shorter distances like Levi said that we did, I really felt like I had some. Yeah. Did you did you get emotional when you cross the line? Every time I cross one of those bigger ones, I it's always like it's it's, it, it's, emo- it's it's roller coaster all the uh-huh. way through the hundred. Yeah, from the start to the time you cross the line. I mean, and even now mm-hmm. when I when I think about it, when I refer back to it, or when I when I'm visiting with somebody, and mm-hmm. I get emotional because it it's different. For thirty, you got thirty four hours. Yeah, and you got to move for thirty four hours. There's no like, all right, I'm going to take a nap for five hours here Mm -hmm. or I'm going to, and if you're a freak and you're killing it out there right away Mm -hmm. and then you decide to stop at an aid station for two hours, I mean, I think that's a bad idea because you don't know what's going to happen at mile marker 80 Uh and you're going to wish that you hadn't stopped. Yeah. So, um, you got to keep moving Uh and all that constant movement and your ups and down, your little trials you go through, it's, it's emotional. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that's it's so life changing. It's you you get connected, I guess, spiritually. Yeah, definitely. And um, did you use the pacer? Yeah, you're you yes, pacer, right? From where'd you pick up your pacer? From Jaws and Jaws to Dry Fork. I think that was uh, thirty that miles, thirty two ish. Yeah, no. something like that. Eighteen subtract fifty. What is that? Thirty two. Yeah, thirty two miles. My nephew. Mm-hmm. And um. Man, he was the greatest pacer. Really? I can't I can't ask for more. Even people that we were passing on the trail, they uh-huh. they, they actually asked us if they could run with us. Oh really? Because he was pacing pretty good. Uh-huh. And I think that's key if you decide to use a pacer mm-hmm. to have them train like they're gonna train for a hundred. Yeah. And if you're training for a hundred, I would suggest you train with someone that's training for a hundred. Mm-hmm. Don't train with somebody doing a 5K or training for a marathon because yeah. they're just you're just taking away from yourself mm-hmm. because their goals are different than yours, you know, and 100 miles is demanding. So you're signed up again this year, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So I'm, so what are what are you going to do different than knowing promotion gonna, last year? Are you going to change anything or are you still going to do I'm gonna, I think I'm going to stick to what I got. The the diet was perfect. The um the week before the run in my diet was so clean at the time the week before the run i did a cleanse the keto cleanse mm-hmm. and a lot of experts would tell you that's the worst thing you ever want to do yeah and especially if you start pumping your body with electrolytes and everything you need mm-hmm. here i was I, I did a keto cleanse and it was a four-day cleanse and it was just fluids and i cleaned my body out and on the fifth day i went to lettuce spinach um celery uh, cottage cheese. It was kind of like a vegan diet almost. Yeah. And the Sunday before the Sunday before the race, I did another three day cleanse. And people were freaking out. They're like, "What? What are you doing? You're gonna mm-hmm. kill yourself." But um, I did a three day cleanse, and on the fourth day, I I ate again the same way I ate before, clean. And the day before the race, during the orientation, my wife and I ate Chinese and I had rice and a little bit of noodles. Yeah. And the day of the race, my wife, I got up at three and she cooked me breakfast. I had four boiled eggs, 
two scoops of um, uh, oatmeal and eight ounces of water. And that eight ounces of water had a lot of tail in it, but yeah. <laughs> I know. And from there until I started, I had a lot of electrolytes too, but uh-huh. that was all I ate. Wow. And I was good. And I never had a problem with my stomach through the whole 100 miles. Wow. And I never... What, what did you eat during the run? I ate at every aid station, but I wasn't... Did you eat the food there or did you yes, have sir. your own? I didn't pack nothing. I packed in everything light. Wow. I mean, you see it on YouTube and Google where everybody says, all right, every hour you need to drink this much water or uh-huh. every hour you need to have this and you need this and that. If you don't, you're... I mean, that's that's for somebody else's body, you know? And I'm an expert of my own body, I, f- I feel. So Yeah. you got six months to, to were experiment. Were you hungry for some things that you were not, I, uh, didn't usually eat? No, because my diet was clean right up until then. And um, I did a couple of runs where, I don't know, for some reason, them gummy worms were really looking good. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ate a handful of gummy worms, and the next aid station, it was Swedish fish. Mm. I could see where someone... What follow someone's instructions to where they they drink a, so much water every hour? Yeah, and then they throw food in there, mm-hmm. and then their body's supposed to process this food while they're exercising, and then next thing you know, they're waterlogged and and they throw up everything. And then they get sick. That's something I wanted to avoid. So you think that the keto helps you train your body to digest things better on the run? Is that kind of or? what it does? Is and store instead of storing fat. Uh-huh. It stores carbs, yeah, and it burns fat. So my body was already fat. Yeah. <laughs> so throughout the race, even the day of the race, my body still wasn't ideal. Mm-hmm. For I mean, I should should have been like one sixty five or one seventy. Yeah. But here I was at two twenty eight. Mm-hmm. So I still had a lot of fat to burn. Oh. So that's what it was doing was burning. So you're depending on burning fat rather yes. than carbs. Yes, sir. And then it also had the carbs to burn because it had some carbs stored. So it just kind of flipped the way everything burns yeah and it wasn't storing fat it was burning carbs i mean burning fat and storing carbs i think that that was key because every a station i wouldn't pig out or anything but i grabbed like a handful of grapes mm. or uh maybe two or three pretzels yeah and and that's all i needed and, oh. and it was good because every a station had tailwind too yeah so i had tailwind they had tailwind it was like three doses of tailwind that i was putting in my body but even at that, I kept my body, uh, I watched my water intake. Yeah. In my training, one thing I did, again, I, I think a lot of the, the people that are veteran runners, they will tell you it's not a good idea. But I trained my body to fight. And what I mean by that is when I went out, I had water in my pack, but that was only because my wife wanted me to take it. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't get to the water. I wouldn't rely on the water. I would push my body to where I needed the water. I wanted the water, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't give myself the water. Hmm. And I would run five miles or six miles, whatever I was running that day. Yeah. And I wouldn't drink any water. The longest run I ever did before the hundred last year was twenty-five miles. Mm-hmm. And in that twenty-five miles, I didn't drink any water. And when I got home, I stretched out. I do a, a series of uh, yoga stretches. Yeah. And then um, I still hadn't given my body water. And right before bed, I finally gave myself a little bit of water. Uh-huh. But what that did was when I was out on the run, mm-hmm. my body already knew, all right, this guy's body ready to do some freakish here. We, we, we got, we're ready for this. Yeah. So I would go for 
eight miles without water and it was all right my body was fine with it yeah and it's crazy because when i started to run at the start line i never had no water i didn't pack any water until i got to dry fork mm -hmm. so i never had water from the start to dry fork what is that like jeez 18 miles 18 miles like uphill yeah that's 18 miles uphill and um, when i got there i got tailwind so my body was hungry for water and the first thing it had was like like i said a triple dose of tailwind and it gave me back everything I needed. Uh -huh. Then you just head out again, not tell Sally's, then you get yeah. more water. And I I kept my, my um pack light. I wanted light. I didn't want to um pack anything I didn't need to. Uh -huh. Because it had, I mean, you feel it. You definitely feel it. It might not seem like it's heavy at the time, like an extra pair of clothes or an yeah. extra jacket. But over time, you feel like it weighs 10 pounds later, you know? Oh, really? Did you take anything on the way back from, um, did you carry anything from dry fork to the finish line or were you just bare, bare bones? No, I I had to take everything. Oh, really? I think that might be a requirement. Once you start with something, you got to run it through. I'm not too sure about that, but I, I just kept my pack on, huh. and, um, and just tailwind and, uh, what do they call those, um, little gels? Oh yeah. But and poles uh, and poles, poles are important. Did you train with poles or no? No, I didn't train with poles. I um, when when I trained, I I wish. I really don't want poles when mm -hmm. I train. Yeah. So I don't rely on it when yeah. I'm running. Uh -huh. Because if I feel like if I train with poles, then yeah, my body's gonna want the poles. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I I mean mentally, I'm just constantly struggling with my mind. I guess to yeah. better my mind. Uh -huh. One thing I would do is, I wouldn't allow myself to use headphones. Oh, okay. When I run. Yeah. Especially when I'm running. I mean, lifting weights and stuff is different yeah. to get motivated. And, but when I'm out there running, I try to um, I try to stay in prayer. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I find, if I can't find a way to motivate myself, then yeah, there's your wall. Yeah. There's your struggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you need ACDC or Tupac or somebody <laughs> to get you going, then you know. And, <clears throat> Tupac usually does that. So you, so you come from the- Or uh, Angus, Angus. You're on the no music side of the fence, huh? Yes, just sir. Because, just because you don't want to become reliant on it. I think you need to know your surroundings. You need uh -huh. to hear your surroundings. Yeah. Once you're out there, especially at night, yeah. and oh, yeah. you realize, all right, here's a section of the run and it's killing me. But if you refer back to your training and you realize, all right, I was at 8,000 feet when it was 15 degrees hmm. and three feet of snow. I mean, this is, I, this is not, this is nothing. Mm -hmm. so it helps you push through that little section yeah where if you got something distracting you like headphones yeah. then you don't know your surroundings and you, you you tend to struggle with your mind did you get all that information from your watch what information the elevation like, oh the, yeah my yeah. my, was, my we wife <laughs> so you got that brand new watch last year remember my wife right and my sister-in-law surprised me with it yes sir that was that was quite a surprise they went to i went to work and when I left to work, they went to Denver oh, wow. because that was the only Sunto in the whole <laughs> the closest west side. Sunto was in Denver? <laughs> yeah, it was, there wasn't even anything closer than Utah. I said, were you guys willing to go to Utah? She was like, yeah, I'm willing to go to Washington. But you need that Sunto. You need that. that. It costs money, but it helps. Did you have to charge it along the way or did it last the whole time? It lasted the whole time. Oh, dang. It's crazy because when we when we got it, we had like two days before the run. Uh -huh. So we had to program it. Yeah. 
and everything in was in um what is that kilometers kilometers yeah. i don't know kilometers <laughs> so i didn't it was it was just like a watch and at least you knew what time it was I, yeah i know i was like all right it's, i've got 80 kilometers <laughs> whatever that is but i done it but yeah now i got it in miles but at the time i didn't know so how many miles is um how I many kilometers know. is 100 miles 62 <laughs> It's yeah. more because there's a hundred k, and then the next step you just multiply ten k by, you add a zero. <laughs> I think I think it's good to have the watch though because hundred and sixty k you did, uh, really? Yeah. And um, even your your poles your poles are expensive, but yeah. buy the best because the terrain is it's it's, it's going to take a toll on your toe, on yeah. the poles too, and they're expensive, but they're 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 worth it every penny. Did you have gloves with your poles or? No, I thought that was kind of too much. <laughs> gloves? Uh, gloves, yeah. <laughs> I seen guys with gloves and goggles, safety <laughs> safety side shields. And I was like, oh, man, that, that's kind of taking it to another level. But I guess that's what they like. Yeah. Just a white glove on the left hand. <laughs> so you're gonna be, uh, <laughs> with, with glitter on top. <laughs> with glitter on it. <laughs> with diamonds glued to the top. <laughs> Do you know um Bedazzled. What's, the, what's his name? Was it Cameron Haynes? That guy. He's like a Yeah, I know Cameron Haynes, that professional hunter and runner and yeah. slash, whatever he is. I came across his video he did the Bighorn Horn Hunter back in was it thirteen, I think? Yeah. I met him before at um that seminar they have in Utah, that big game hunting expo. Oh yeah. And he's he's pretty passionate about trial running. Is he? And hunting. And He's got some good stories. He's got some good tips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Tell us about um, your run. Which one? You host the run in the Bighorns. Oh, yes, sir. We got the um, Echoes of the Bighorns. Yeah. How and did that get started? Man, it was... I know it's a long story, but I know. if you can, in a nutshell. In a nutshell, I, growing up, we, we, uh, we loved the mountains. That's where my family went. We always went up there all the time. Every chance we got, we went up there and... About the 4th of July. 4th right? of July. Our families were up there for, for a week or so. And and the kids, everybody respected it. There's a sign there at the time that said, no no trespassing, only so, so-and-so is allowed and tribal members. And I felt that over time that everybody's lost respect for it. And right down to taking non-tribals up there to 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 do whatever they want recreationally. They could go up there and hike or whatever, and then that was always frowned upon growing up. And this new generation with um, social media used as a platform to kind of to portray that this is okay, you know. In all reality, it isn't. And I was trying to find a way to show the people what they have up there because, sadly, like eighty percent of the people that make decisions for that mountain hardly ever go to the mountain, mm-hmm. and. The families that do go up there have to go up there and deal with everything that's going on. And there's a lot of kids my children's age that have never been there. So my wife and I brainstormed and we came up and at the time I was injured and I started running. I said, you know what, What's, what better way than to have a child run yep. for tribal members only? And that's mm-hmm. that's how it all got started. And every, like the Big Meadow is named after the Crow story mm-hmm. and... Um, Meadowlark Trail is named after the the Meadowlarks that are in the Black Canyon area, yep. and all the aid stations up there. Oh. But um, for people that so had so when you're planning it, did you imagine it, it'd be as big as it's, it's gotten in this? 
negative. Eight. You had like 100 runners, over Five. 100 runners this year, right? Almost 300. Almost 300 runners? Almost Dang. 260, I think, I want to say. It's, it's, it looks crazy, but last year, my wife and I were standing on the patio of the kitchen. Yeah. And there was kids running by, and there was campfires there. There was people singing, laughing. Wow. And that's what we wanted. Yeah. And everybody there was enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. And I like I like it because it brings just um, from being the just the location of it brings like non-runners too yes. and just hikers and anybody that's like oh I want to go to the mountains because maybe they went there when they were kids just to go hang out and they're, they're still bringing them back and they bring in their kids and the kids are there and they're running and yeah it's just like over us it's it's great the, the campsite's huge I mean the, I see it getting the run itself we we designed it uh, we didn't go out and intentionally do it but we anoint the trail every every year. My in-laws and my family and I, and we go around and we anoint and we pray and we walk the whole seven-mile course. And it kind of reflects that in your life where you struggle with something and it, you feel like it's impossible to overcome it. But if you keep pushing through it, then it gets easier. And then you get struggles again, like the stairway to heaven. And then you come out on top and then you go through the, the um, meadows. It's not very fun going up that stairway to heaven, though. <laughs> I know. Try cutting it. <laughs> we Those of you who it. don't know, who haven't made it up yet, it's how. It's a very, very steep climb. How long is that? Like, oh man, quarter mile straight up. Quarter mile, almost straight up. Yeah, and when when you get when you finish, we we ask people to go through the river. That's kind of like your cleanse. That's kind of like your 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 rebirth. I guess it's kind of like starting over. You've given it to the God and mm -hmm. and he gives you his blessings and yeah. it's refreshing after yes. that struggle your legs feel good I remember um, two years ago I got to run up with you guys and it was a great course and great vibes yeah bunch of fun people and I was coming through um, coming down that road towards the finish line and there was one lady who yelled you kids run and hide the principal's coming <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny i know when i first told my um my kids we were related their their eyes lit up and said what <laughs> i said yeah better listen to him your uncle huh? yeah so what is your what is your uh what what is your future hopes for your run just to keep doing it or man yeah i i, I like the way it's turning out now yeah and i don't really have like a set plan to say, all right, at one point I want it to be this big. Or yeah. It really isn't. It's just for people to come up and enjoy themselves and mm -hmm. get away from life down below and yeah. and and mingle with other people. It's a community. It's a running community. Yeah. And there's a lot of testimonies there if you visit. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of trials. And overall, it's a good environment. So having run 100, do you, are you toying with the idea of adding distance to any of your any of your trails? or I want to. I, I want to. Great. Uh, I think it's man. There's a lot of politics and everything involved, oh, and it's it's sad. Politics. Yeah. People want to open it up to to the world. Yeah. And I don't want it to open up to the world. Uh -huh. And I hope I never open. Mm -hmm. Some was a part of something that was to destroy that mountain. Because um, our like me and growing up, our families would go up there every year and pray. Yeah. They would pray that. Um, that we wouldn't lose that and it would always be a part of us and the crow people have always gone to the mountain to yeah. to get away from 
stress and for prayer, and they've always found the presence. And it's even our migration story has everything to do with the mountain. Have you guys ever decided to run more than 100? 200 maybe? Bigfoot 200? Is that what's next on your list? I think so, man. man. Really? Well, um, do you have any other races this year besides the big one hundred? No. Did you did you get in lottery for a World Series or? Yes, I, or not? What do you mean World Series? Uh, Western states, I mean. Western states, Western states, and Lidville is a goal of mine. World Series and poker, yeah. <laughs> and poker. <laughs> but uh, that's coming up next week, I think. The lottery. So if you get into if yeah. you get into it, are you gonna are you already in the Bighorn or? If you yeah. finish the Bighorn. No, I mean, I mean, if you get into Western states this year, yeah, do you go to vacate the Bighorn one, or how does you that can, work? or if you want to be a freak, just do both of them. Oh my God, it's like a week apart. <laughs> did you ever hear of David Brett. Goggins? He yeah. did like eight in a row. Jeff, oh man, <laughs> Browning did Leadville and Western, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year we went to Val, Colorado, mm-hmm. and it's right by Leadville for uh, mine rescue training. Yeah, and the elevation is ridiculous. I mean, really? we couldn't even do our sim- our scenarios because of our breathing and stuff. Really? It's like at 11,000 feet. And I can't imagine staying above 10,000 for 100 miles. Uh, what's the What's the highest point up there? You know? Almost 11. Um, yeah, we're we're blessed to have what we have, man. Yeah. You, this is ideally for... So it's like 11 here? Almost Windy Point, I want to say, yeah. Windy Point. I, I figure that they don't know where we're pointing, so we should say the, our mountains here. The yeah, Bighorn Mountain Ranges. Bighorn Mountain Ranges. I ran the, the Snake Road in prior ones. Uh-huh. How was that? It was tough. That's five miles, a little over so, five miles from the bottom so to the top. Scott have been wanting to do is Snake Road up there, even that big hill behind the mission. Yeah. I think just open your training up to everything. I, I Last year, I started a little bit of CrossFit, and I started lifting weights. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, as a runner, you don't want to add weight. Yeah. But you don't want to be just bones and skin and guts, you know, because yeah. you can't get nothing done. <laughs> you want some kind of muscle, but you don't want just muscle. You want toned out uh-huh. Bruce Lee muscle, you know. All right. And <laughs> bone and skin and guts. I know. I'm going for this. I, that's a different story too. You're training, you're weightlifting. You, you yeah. don't want to hurt yourself. You got to train smart. You got to give your body the right resting. Yeah. And I, I, it's possible to rest your body, but still so work you, a different muscle. Were you doing seven days a week or six and one day off or? I'd run for four days, yeah. then I'd take a day off, and I'd run for four days. Oh. That was my running. Mm-hmm. And my second day of running was my longest run. I wouldn't go out and say, all right, today I'm going to run 10 miles. I would just run until I couldn't run. So it seems like your whole diet and your whole training plan was just pretty much your own. It's like really unique. I, I've never yeah. heard of anything that you're doing. How did you do that? And then you work full-time too. I work full-time. and I bet you work over well over 40 hours a I week. I bet that's you why work. you had such a unorthodox training hell because of your yeah. job the night shift really helps uh-huh. on my last night shift of whatever rotation i was on i would stay up and i would run after i'm really tired i would, uh-huh. get, I would say all right it's time yeah i get my shoes on i, I get warm my body warmed up and i i would go till i couldn't go mm-hmm. and then i go home and rest and, and i did that like twice a month wow and i think that helped me get through the night when i was up there yeah like at 23 23 hours i needed yeah my body wasn't ready to shut down. It was ready to go. And how long did it take you again this past? I don't know. I really don't know. Oh, really? Uh, What's the limit? I think 34 hours. 34 hours? 34 yeah, 30, hours. 34 hours is the limit. I think uh, half of us only finished. Really? Only half of the people that entered finished. Dang. And so I want to say like only 10% finished under 30 hours. Another percentage was above 30 hours. 
So we've seen that there was one runner in there, and I, I, I forgot his name, but he does a video and stuff. And he was saying that it was one of the hardest hundreds. It was the big horn. It's one of the most difficult hundreds. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he was saying in his video. Well, we picked a doozy to start with then. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, to enter the Western, they have it's so demanding there. I mean, I mean, you got to have certain times on these other hundreds, but the big horn, you just got to finish. And I think that speaks volume for how tough it really is. Yeah. I mean, you start in a canyon at what, 3,000 feet, 4,000 feet, and you climb for so long, and then the weather, and then at night, you're almost 10,000 feet, and then you got to come back down, and it's it's tough. And you go through snow, mud, rain. It's like all the seasons in one day. Yeah. <laughs> And finish deep and, it's, too. and it's eighty deep degrees snow. out. <laughs> Thigh deep mud. Thigh deep. That was that was interesting, man. That was that was <laughs> I, I skipped over that part, but I tried to jump over like a little canal or a little what I thought it was a ditch. And then oh, I, right uh, by that road? One leg just went all the way up to his Yeah, one leg just went <laughs> and just disappeared. And it was like ice cold, it was like snow, it was like water with like a layer of snow over it. So I yeah. thought it was solid, but it, it wasn't. Um thirty two hours and fifty minutes. Thirty two hours and fifty minutes. Yeah. Wow. Do you remember anything after you crossed the finish line? Or was it all over? Were you tired? Did you just go to sleep? What was your recovery like? Man, my wife and I barely made it home. Everybody really? was so happy they just <laughs> left. And my wife. Everybody just left. And oh, my sister-in-law. I love my sister-in-law, Lindsay, man. She she was through there through the whole thing. Yeah. She helped my wife travel and mm. from checkpoint to checkpoint. And she stayed up with her and... Did and she? So she didn't sleep at all, huh? No, she, neither. Dang. Neither one of them slept all night. And she or was all your, day. And she hit every aid station. Every aid station. Wow. I think uh, if you guys decide to to do this, you need to have more than maybe five people. Mm-hmm. Maybe one at every aid station would yeah. help, and maybe the crucial ones. Yeah. Have your family there so they can motivate you. Yeah. Do you think if they're not there, do you finish? What do you think? I think I would have. Mm-hmm. I had to have. But yeah. they made it a lot easier, though. Yeah. Yes, sir. They they they've encouraged me through the whole thing. My wife's seen the trials I went through uh-huh. with my training. Yeah. And when I finished the race, there was a gentleman that came up and gave me a ticket for my buckle. Yeah. And he said, "You got to admit that was the most beautiful run you've ever run, scenery wise." Yeah. And I kind of laughed and I said, "Yeah, whatever." And I thought about it, and I don't remember any of it. Because my mind was focused right yeah. in front of me. Oh wow! And I didn't say, "All right, I'm gonna stop here and take a uh-huh. selfie because this is beautiful." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I had a goal and I needed to finish that. And I think that was my mindset from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad it was. It, it, I wasn't distracted. Yeah. And there's a pretty good finish line photo that guy took of you, though. Yeah, oh yeah, that was. Oh really yeah, I, I seen that. One. My uncle has a better one. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good one. When I finished, uh, I was raising both hands, praising God, uh-huh. and and that was it was emotional. Yeah. Because, I mean, it didn't really hit me until I hit town that oh, it, really? hey, this is this is a hundred miles, uh-huh. and honestly, it does. It still doesn't really hit. Like, it's just it's just a run. It's it's something I did not for myself, mm. but for my children. Yeah, for for those little eyes and ears. Yeah, they're they're watching. My God, my daughter says she's gonna run the Olympics. <laughs> Mm-hmm. My other daughter says she wants to win the Boston uh, and the New York, and yep. my son said he wants to win a hundred. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are goals that they've placed, and um, I feel like I've, I've parenting wise, I'm, uh-huh. I'm glad that they 
they decide to make goals that big. Yeah. And I don't discourage them at all. I mean, mm-hmm. dream big. Yeah. Keep your circle small and your goals big. I always tell them, don't yeah. tell the world what you're going to do because yeah. yep. there's too sure. many crabs in a bucket out there. They're going to, like every rodeo, powwow, basketball, you got these people that say, all right, here comes a newcomer. All right, let's see what he got, you know. I mean, he's doing it wrong. Then there's nothing but negativity. There's no welcoming or, so I always tell them just, just focus with, with family. Yeah, and stay positive. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that drew me to um, running is that there was there wasn't a lot of like, there was a little bit of like friendly competition like oh we're racing this and that, but for the most part the running community to me always felt like real pretty inviting. Like it was all like I'm excited to like I could sit here and talk for over an hour with you just about running. I mean that's that's the kind of effect that running yeah has on me or I feel like that I, me. I, I, that's what I like about Cascade Running Gaze is mm-hmm. you guys. I mean, what you put on and you, mm-hmm. it's uh, straight from the heart, you know. And yeah, just even um, you talking about your kids—that's one thing that I think the running community has—is just a group of people that are family-oriented and yes, sir, trying to live healthy. And there's not much out there for kids here. That's the truth of it. There isn't really anything available for them, and it seems like we got like over a dozen gyms, but you can only use one. Yeah, we and had to. We're trying to show the kids what um, we had to play with when we were little. <laughs> Go homemade. play outside. <laughs> I remember one time we made a homemade tether ball with a TV pole thing <laughs> and duct taped the ball and then mm. someone hit it and the ball came off the duct tape and it went like 50 yards away. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Bighorn 100 is going to change you. And from start to finish, it, it's it's emotional. Be ready for it because... And I want to be the first to tell you guys, you, you're going to finish. It's mm-hmm. important to tell yourself that yeah. from now until you cross that finish line. And if you greet each other or see people doing it, greet him, greet with, greet each other and say, hey, you're going to finish. Yeah. Remind them because mm-hmm. it's it's tough when you're doing it alone. Yeah. And for me, I, I didn't get the jitters or anything until... Uh-huh like five minutes before the race when we were all taking pictures with each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the guys, I won't say his name, in the community, he came up and he was like, I haven't seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. And last time I seen him, I was living that different lifestyle. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, I haven't seen you. Wait, what, you're doing 100? He's like, I can't believe you're doing 100. And, uh-huh. and just his expression, I was like, all right, now I understand, get over it. Yeah. I wanted to say that, but it kind of discouraged me. Mm. And it took my wife to come back and tell me and she, she helped me and she said, you got this, you know? Yeah. And don't don't let it get to you. You got this. And before I could get the jitters again, the gun went off and they were off. <laughs> so, so that was right before right right before the race. Wow. Yes, sir. Dang. One thing I did, my, my sister-in-law had a marker. Yeah. And I asked her to put initials, all my kids' initials on my forearm. Uh-huh. And she put a heart around all of them. Yeah. And... Um... I'll just I'll just walk it through the race uh-huh. if that's all right. Can I walk yeah, sure. from the start? She 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 put the initials on my arm and then we took pictures and the gun went off. And the first mile, it's you're running on a road, and then you get to the this little aid station, and then you go off trail for four miles. I want to say to another aid station. From there, it was it was good. I got to that aid station. I started stretching out. I, I stretched my legs, my lower back. And we started to climb. And I think that's a six-mile climb or so. 
straight up to what they call the wall on the 18 mile, the opposite side. And around this time is where I met Manuel. And I asked him, I said, am I going out too strong? And he said, no, you're doing good. Just just keep moving. And that was good advice. So I just kept going. And I got to the top and I went down and went to the next aid station. I just kind of went through. And it's key to keep moving. Like I said earlier, you got to keep moving. Don't Don't waste too much time anywhere. You're there to run. You're not there to gossip, or you're not there to to, to update your profile picture. You know, you're you're on a mission, <laughs> and I had to keep that in mind. So I just kept going to Dry Fork, and when I got to Dry Fork, my family was there, my wife, my sister-in-law, my children. I met them. We uh, the storm was coming. Yeah, you could see it in that valley from Dry Fork. Yeah, and you could hear lightning. Uh-huh. And within a matter of um, a couple miles. The storm hit, and it was a cloudburst for like, oh, man, like an hour. Dang. And it just downpoured. And I put on my raincoat, and I continued on, and the trail started getting sloppy. So you had to go off trail. You had to run in the sagebrush where, uh-huh. because oh. you got like 200 runners in front of you, so it's just like a, a, it's sloppy. So I had to go off course, and I was running next to the trail. And um, during a seminar, before the run, they tell you you're going to come to – the decline down into um, Sally's Bridge mm-hmm. and your body's going to want to go. And it's important at this time that you don't go. You, you just walk or you take your time. And there was people blowing right by me and they were diving off that mountain down to Sally's Bridge and mm-hmm. I just took my time. And at this time it, it was raining but it was off and on. Yeah. And I got to Sally's and um, I met my family, my wife, my sister-in-law and my children. I got my clean clothes and during a seminar they tell you at this checkpoint, you got to carry extra clothing because from here until Jaws, the halfway point, there's no turnaround. Mm. So if you decide to quit, you got to either go back down or go up and then quit. You know, there's no like, all right, come pick me up. You know, I'm done. There's none of that. So you got to take extra clothing because the dark comes around this time. And um, we had to pack an extra long sleeve, a hat, a gloves, um, long johns or whatever you got. So... We started and Long I changed John's? or whatever. I mean, <laughs> some yoga pants. <laughs> but uh, this is where I made my first mistake. I changed my shoes. My shoes were wet. I had brand new shoes on. I changed my shoes into, they weren't old shoes, but they weren't new. And I left. In a matter of, man, I want to say like two, three miles, I had a blowout. This, this next section of terrain from Sally's to to Elk Camp or Zodicon, it's tough. I mean, it's all incline and it's it's all rock, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Like rigid rock. It ain't just flat rock. It's rigid rock. Yeah. So I had a, like a 50-cent piece size come off my shoe wow. underneath my right pinky toe. What is, is that what it's called? Right yeah. pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so the rubber on your shoe came off? It came off. It had a blowout. And I continued on. I had no choice. I had to go. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it, you need your balls of your feet to climb this section. Yeah. And it's, it just started hurting. You can feel it right away. And I barely made it to that checkpoint where there's um, a spring. And they got the horses on the side. You guys remember that one? Yeah. And they didn't have much for medic. They, I had my own moleskin, so I just came over and they helped me put that on. And they said, your feet is all right at the moment, but continue on. Mm-hmm. So I went on to elk camp. And man, this next section was tough. 
my legs started hurting and my, I started running different to avoid the pain. And then I started adding more pain to my IT band. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just starting to build up. And when I came into elk camp, um, a lady came up. She must have seen it on my face, the pain. And she's like, are you all right, honey? Sit down and what do you need? And give me soup. And um, they're cooking bananas. I think that's the ugliest thing. And <laughs> they're cooking bananas? Cooking bananas. They call, I don't know what they had a name for it. But they gave me broth. And um, I, I warmed up. And she took my shoe off. And she looked at it. And her face lit up. And I, I was like, oh, man, this can't be good. Mm-hmm. And she said, does this hurt? Does this hurt? And a couple of doctors came over. And and, then, and the whole bottom of my foot was bruised. Wow. And um, she pulled my toes and she said, it's not broke, so what do you want to do? And she asked me if I wanted to quit, pretty much. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? And at this time, it never crossed my mind until then. And, yeah. and I told her, can you help me out? And she, she immediately said, yes, I could do something for you. Mm-hmm. So they brought like this moleskin that had like a cushion on top. Moleskin's like that Band-Aid, you yeah. know what I'm And they put that on and they put another one on top of that and and then they taped it up pretty good and she said, that's all I can do for you. And I said, that's that's good enough. That's better than what I had. Yeah. And it's crazy because these people are perfect. I mean, they're strangers and they never met us before. And yeah. yet they're so, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's a real testament to the volunteers that yeah. go out there. And uh, so I headed out. And then I ain't going to lie, the pain was still there, but it wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. And I got like another 10 miles to Jaws. And it starts to snow. And it's wet snow. And five miles out of Jaws is when you hit the snow, it seemed like. Yeah. Like everything on the trail was just snow here, snow there. There's no way around it. And and it was getting sloppy, and and I just had to push through it. But when I got to Jaws, my sister was there too, my sister um, Kim. Mm-hmm. Her family was there, and my wife and my sister-in-law, my children. And I seen it on their faces immediately that they knew something was wrong. Uh-huh. And I wasn't. I needed to be there at a certain time and I was an hour behind. Yeah. So, and they took me in and they put me by a big old propane heater and they, they told me, they gave me a blanket and they put a towel around my neck and I took all my um wet stuff off and it was crazy because my skin was was red. It was like bright red, like mm. frostbite almost. Yeah. And um, they changed, I changed my socks, I changed everything I had. I told my wife, bring my new shoes back. And I had another shoe too, and I, I said bring the the insoles of that shoe. So she brought the insoles in my new shoe back, and she brought another pair of socks. And I started the next section of run with three insoles oh. in my new shoe, with two socks. Jeez. And on top of it, I had my, my moleskin. Wow. So it was all the cushion I could possibly <laughs> get. I mean, if there was more, I could have, I would have done it, you know, because it, it, it was tender. It, it hurt. Was it a pretty tight squeeze in there, or it was, it, it was. But I had ultras, and you know how ultras oh, yeah. fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it kind of. So you did, a, you did that just to add extra cushion, just to avoid the pain. Wow. And, um, and about what mile is that? Like that's fifty. Seventy. That's fifty-two. That's fifty. So Up on top at Jaws. At Jaws. That's that's where that was at. So halfway through, then you're severe foot. Pain. Severe pain on my foot, and it was yeah. crazy because that aid station, it looked like um, did the pain. A, a scene from a war movie. You know, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a guy laying over there like a burrito, shaking, and there's another guy over here, and I don't know. It was, and there was a gentleman in the race. I I always kind of watch people that I ran by and, and look at their physique and be like, oh, I could keep up with this guy. This is the yeah. guy I'm running with, yeah. and uh, 
there was a guy that was just killing it and he was blazing going through and he was taking pictures and he'd go by him and everybody was taking a bridge and he'd go across the river you know and and he was laying or he was sitting by me and we kind of looked at each other and we kind of didn't say nothing and I just looked straight and then he just collapsed right by my feet wow. and they come over and they grab him and they they sit him back up but his equilibrium he huh. couldn't control it huh. and he was from back east and he, he, he didn't he didn't know what he was getting into either. Yeah. But um, stuff like that, it was it was taking a toll on everybody, and and uh, a lot of people quit at this time. There was a helicopter trying to land, and um, I told my wife, I said, I gotta go, I, I gotta get out of this environment. Yeah. Because it was doing something to me mentally, and that's where my nephew came in, um, Bryce. And we started off. We left. I had new clothing. I had an extra layer, a thicker north face jacket and um my raincoat and a poncho and we headed out and um a mile or so out of the camp my jaws started chattering from the cold mm. and i couldn't control it yeah so i leaned over and i said hold on for a minute and i i grabbed my face because i had cotton gloves mm. and it, it's it started hurting my jaw started hurting and um he started rubbing my back my nephew he was he was he was getting nervous and he said uncle you want to go back you want to go back warm up and it sounded good. I wanted to. I wanted to warm up some more. And, uh-huh. and um, I think at this time, if I would have turned back, my story would have been different. Really? And um, this is the crazy part is I said, yeah, let's go back. And as I reached up, it sounds dramatic and everything, but it's, the, the truth of it is I reached up to turn my headlamp off and my jacket came out. And on my forearm, I could see these little hearts. Oh, wow. And it was the initials uh-huh. that my um, sister-in-law wrote on my hand. And right there, I had to tell myself, I have to get on the other side of that mountain. Mm-hmm. I have to. There's, there's my children over there. There's, there's, most importantly, my children, they're waiting for me, so I had to go. Yeah. So I told him, give my, my, um, my raincoat and my poncho, and he got it. I put it on, and we headed out, and we went through the mud. And the key in that area, I think, is to stay above it. I mean, that's something you just learn naturally. Yeah. A lot of people were fighting it, going right through it, down <laughs> below it, and it's at a slope. Uh-huh. But above the trail wasn't bad. Yeah, that's what, remember we just jumped off the yeah. trail? And everybody was like holding each other, sliding, and it was crazy. And I was like- We were like, let's just get off the trail. And Yeah. Yep. And I think that goes back to your training. Like right now, I mean, your body knows how to react when your body slips, you know, that yeah. little ninja move, that uh-huh. fast twitch muscle. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we headed out and um, we got to out camp and that lady was surprised. She was she was happy. She <laughs> gave me a hug and and uh, she re- recharged the water and um, I introduced my nephew and we headed out. And man, the most powerful part of the race, I want to say, is this right before you get the jaws when you see that sunrise. That's a different sunrise, you yeah. know. I don't care if you've seen a thousand of them. This one is powerful because mm-hmm. of what you're going through yeah. and what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And we we stopped and he prayed and um, we went into Jaws. And when I got to Jaws, my mother was there. <laughs> and my father and uh, my sister was freaking out. She got a hold of him because she she really said to me, your life is more important than this race. <laughs> so it, it yeah, was kind of tough. Right yeah. there. She's right there. Yeah. And... I got there and we're we're in good spirits. Mm-hmm. We we change, um, we head out, and the next what six miles back up, it was mud, man. It was just like a river. You guys remember that? Yeah. And I slipped at this time and I landed on my left shin, 
and it, man, it just it sent the pain down my body, and we continued on. All the way to Dry Fork, it was all right, and we got to Dry Fork, and um, I see my family again, and my nephew stayed there. That's that's where he ended ended up, and it was crazy because we got to Dry Fork, and my wife was getting nervous. I think she knew some we were gonna finish, you know. Yeah, and then she. Um, she turns around and she sees me with a pepperoni and a, a coke, <laughs> and she gets mad at me. She's like, "What are you pizza doing?" And a coke. Yeah. I said, "I'm hungry. <laughs> you can't eat that." And as soon as she turned around, I I golfed him down. But, <laughs> but I I I, read, I met Montoya there, and he was leaving the aid station, and he encouraged me to to not give up and just keep pushing through. And it's all 18 miles downhill, mm. so I headed out. And um, this next 10 miles, I stayed in prayer. It was powerful, and, and I got to the wall and I went down and when I started descending down into the bottom, this is where you're training. You need to add heels to your training downhill. It's It sounds like it ain't much, but you need to add downhill because it shreds your quads after yeah. 90 miles of running on that terrain and then you got to run six miles downhill. It, I seen a, a man that was killing it through the whole race. About almost to the bottom, he was holding his pose and he was crying, like hysterically. Mm-hmm. And it was people from other races. I think there was a 32 and 18 miler trying to take the cramps out of his quads. And he was, he couldn't handle it. And I, I, drove, I ran by him and I was like, damn, that's, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Because I felt it. I felt it too. Every step, it felt like it wanted to go. But, yeah. but um, I ran into Montoya and he told me to finish strong. And he said, uh, get one for the crow people. <laughs> I said, all right. I, I, I headed out and man, it, the last five miles is tough. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't care how flat that ground is. That is the toughest five miles out of that 100, I think. Mm-hmm. The heat, just looking straight ahead, and it seems like <laughs> yeah. 20 miles away, that's, uh-huh. that tree, you know, yeah. way down there. And then it seemed like 100 miles I run, or not 100 miles, 100 yards. Then I walk 100, and I run 100. But my wife was waiting for me at town where, where we meet the, the, the street. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it was emotional. I seen her. I gave her a hug. Heard my baby metal. Yeah, uh, and we went into town, and I almost crammed right before the bridge. And uh, she said, "I'm going to tell your mom because your mom's nervous. Mm-hmm. She's worried about you." And I went up and met some other people at that um, statue with that elk, and yeah. Then I went in, and it was crazy because when I was running in, these people were like, "Oh, get out of the way! There's a hundred miler." The volunteers. Yeah. And I, I started thinking, no, I, everybody's all right, you know. Uh-huh. I could run around them, but it was crazy because they were saying, move out of the way. And and I ran through, and then when I finished, it was, I mean, it was emotional. Mm-hmm. And you guys will feel it when you finish. You know, I mean, it's powerful. It's life-changing. I can imagine. I felt emotional doing the 30K, 50K, and the 50-mile. I can't imagine what the, the 100 is going to be. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain. Once you finish, you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's, it's nothing. It's something I've never been through, mm-hmm. and I want my children to, to experience it, my wife to yeah. experience it, to have everybody experience it. It's, yeah. it's powerful. It sounds like you have to be like a real, a, a certain mental fortitude to to do this. It's more than just running at this point. It, it's more than running. It's beyond running. Running is a small portion of all of this. It, it's life changing it makes you see your whole life as a whole you know and you, if last year I don't know if you guys remember I asked Montoya what about the demons you you encounter yeah and a lot of people in the room thought I meant like angels and demons you know but yeah. what I meant was 
your inner demon, I guess, everything that you've you've put away but you haven't dealt with. Oh. Yeah. And that's going to come up and you're going to deal with it eventually on that run. For me, it did. Yeah, like whether it's um, unresolved grief or yeah, definitely. even self-doubt. Self-doubt. like that. So did you feel like during this one it forced you to deal with that? And now you get it, it was forced. It came out. Mm-hmm. I dealt with it and that's what I meant. It's life-changing. Wow. And when I finished, I felt like a... A ton of bricks was off my shoulders. Jeez. And I see life different. Uh, I, I live for my children, mm-hmm. my family, yeah, for my God. And that's all that matters. Hmm. I don't want to say I don't live to have friends and stuff, but... Yeah. <laughs> Man, thanks that's for sharing surprising. your yeah. story. That's really that's an awesome story. Good yeah, it is. Testament. It's, thanks. It's, it's a good run. You guys will enjoy it, man. I hope so. I hope. I feel like uh, I'm almost a little bit scared now. I was like, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, don't be, don't would, be discouraged. Anyway. I would have, I would have so turned around. First, and just, first goal is get to the start line. That's and that's so, a big, the hardest part. Just break it down to little, little goals. Little and if I don't goals. finish this year, I got next year. Just don't, don't, don't think finish. that. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't think that. Don't even start that now. <laughs> so, did you sleep for quite a bit afterwards, or was the recovery pretty quick? Or I couldn't. My body wouldn't allow me to. Man, I, I lost like 15 pounds afterwards too. Dang. My body was still eating and it was still burning. And man, I was forcing myself to eat ugly stuff, you know? Wow. And I was downing pizza or whatever I could possibly <laughs> think of, hamburger. It's like my Swedish fish. And Your Swedish fish, <laughs> yeah. Gummy <laughs> worms. Walk around with Cheeto fingers. <laughs> I, I don't even drink pop, like a little bit of pop. And there's been some races I just start. You know, when I started, yeah, I was, looks good. like I said, I was 272, you know? Yeah. So don't. If whoever's listening, I mean, if you think you're you can't do it or it's not enough time, it's plenty of time. Six months is plenty of time. Yeah. And I'm 40 years old. If I could have done it when I'm 40, and this is my only third year running when I ran it, was part of it wanting to do it before you turned 40, or when you turned 40, or before you I really didn't think of that at all. Oh, really. Uh, honestly, I didn't know I was turning 40 till my wife said it's 40. <laughs> <laughs> I thought didn't I was still know how living old you were, huh? Yeah. I was waiting for 30 still. <laughs> I wasted like 10 years of my life back there somewhere in <laughs> Wild West or I don't know. <laughs> but, okay. Well, we come to, um, we're going to call the five essential questions. What's your favorite running shoe? Ultra. The I don't know the names of it. You got different ones, but just whatever. Ultra. Ultra. Favorite piece of running gear? My headband, headband, or my hat, whatever, either or, because it, my eyes, your eyes, that's something you're gonna need in this run, is to keep the sweat out of your eyes. Did you use contacts, or do you, do you need contacts? Sometimes, or? but I try to avoid it. Did you use your glasses during the run? Like right now, I'm using glasses because when I get done operating, yeah, my eyes are stressed. Oh yeah, so I try to rest my eyes. So for the for the people who don't know, what do you what do you do for a living? Uh, I work at a coal mine as an operator, hmm. and um. Yeah, I was blessed with it. Yeah, so that that's what we we're talking about. Such the 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 strange so you hours, long hours, and you got your training in too. So that's so it's possible. Yeah, yeah it's admirable. There's One no, thing too, when you guys do the hundred, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Try your headlamps because my white headlamp made my vision delusional. I was seeing things that oh, didn't wow. exist, like the trail with the moisture on the um the grass, the precip that was falling, and everything was shiny. Yeah, everything was like glittery. Did you did you see snakes at any point? I kept thinking I was seeing snakes. No, but the there grass was covering the trail, and I I felt like I didn't know where the trail was. But when I take uh, a step, the grass would open up, and there was the trail. So that's, I had that's it was crazy. 
I felt like I wanted to kick the grass. <laughs> so we already answered this earlier. So it was music or new music. That was no, no music. music. Uh, favorite place to run? I have to say Gas Cap. It's gas close nice. to home. And yep, Gas Cap. Favorite reason to run? My children, my family. Well, you've heard it all here. I think that was quite... I think for our, our first guest, I think we really hit it, at, knocked it out of the park. Uh, <laughs> set the bar high. Yeah. Thanks for I feel sorry for um, the next person who comes in. It's probably going to be Scott. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Right Wings Peas in the house. Bighorn 100, as far as I know, I don't know if we want to make like titles like this, but you're the first like crow I know to finish a, a 100. I'm not sure if that's important, but I, it it's definitely a thing. Yeah. I think it's important to my kids, I guess, but yeah. it don't really mean nothing to me because mm -hmm. I didn't do it for myself. Yeah. If I did, if I went out for myself, then I'd probably wear a, make a shirt or a jacket, you know? <laughs> we, we, can, we can make a shirt of you and we'll, yeah. we'll no, give it that's out. fine. <laughs> we'll give it out. Give it to my sister-in-law. So. Yeah, we'll yeah. give it to your sister. Do you, wear, do you wear your buckle? How is that? Do you wear your buckle? I haven't worn my buckle. Oh, really? I, I just put it up. He lost I was asking about his buckle and he didn't know where he put it. Wow. I said, when, they, <laughs> when they give you that buckle, it's, you, you'll feel it. It's emotional. Uh -huh. I mean, that's the first buckle I ever won in my life. I thought <laughs> it was going to be a team rubber buckle or something, I guess. But it's not. It's not. It was 100 mile. Dang. And uh, uh, Is it like as big as a team rubber buckle? I don't know. I don't know what a team rubber buckle looks like. but <laughs> Only 100 milers and team ropers get to wear buckles. Did yeah. you see the ones they give for the Western? The, mm -hmm. the platinum runners? The oh, top? Yeah. Top? Yeah, I mean, what is that gold? I think it's what is it under 20, 20 hours? We seen one guy. He was wearing a hard rock buckle, and Steven said, um, <laughs> "What did he <you> say?" <laughs> Steven was like, "Hopefully nobody kisses his buckle." Just <laughs> 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 the rest. So yeah. um, yeah, Tim, I'm glad you came on. I'm glad you agreed. I'm glad you um, I'm glad it was just a really good show. And I'm glad. I can't even put into words what I'm what I'm feeling right now. I think that the uh, it adds a certain um, levity to our show. I believe. Yeah. Thanks, I thanks. I hope it encourages somebody. I uh, it's it's bound to even if you're not looking for. it. I think that yeah, it's really you're really uh mentally strong physically, and it's just thanks. Yeah, yeah thanks for sharing your story. Really. Um encouraging and good words and your faith and family and yeah everything you're a great example you're mm -hmm. a great example to us and thank you I think we're fortunate to call you a friend yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> thank you i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad you're a renegade yes it, it makes me happy <laughs> definitely you wear the hat and i'm glad you get the little renegades running around yeah my my kids every race they went to this year they had to run unattached and uh -huh. they ask them they say all right what what running club are you are you guys billings running club no, oh, we're renegades. <laughs> Gas cap renegades. And I thought that was pretty cool, man. I think that's really cool. Yeah. All right, <laughs> All right Tim. Anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, I just stay strong and stay in prayer and train hard and surround yourself with positive people, you know, keep your circle small, small and your dreams big and anything's possible, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay, so what'd you think of that? It was a heavy interview. That was. It was um That's a good interview. It was really good. It was like um Meaningful. 
the seriousness of um, a long distance race. Mm-hmm. It was like thinking you're going to go watch a comedy, but then you watch Schindler's List, you know. <laughs> watch, you, which it's, it's good because it was like a really serious, like hard hitting, heavy thing that you weren't really expecting, which I'm glad. I'm glad he came in and was able and like forthcoming enough to share everything that he did because it was really, oh, it was powerful. It was moving. I had goosebumps at one point. Yeah, I could feel it. Mm-hmm. I could feel it. Uh, he was really um, speaking from the heart and you could you could feel it. Yeah, he's uh, he's cut from a different cloth. That guy, he's he's cut from metal. Yeah, just really, uh, just the things he shared were really meaningful, and even his race he has in the mountains and how the um, the meaning of the different eight stations and the courses and and um, you know, light uh, running for me is like a lighthearted thing, and it's fun, and it's you know because our jobs are so serious, it's just a way to um get away and just enjoy ourselves but there's that serious element to running too where you don't want to get hurt and you want to put in the training and be safe too and mm. it was a good interview just yeah the dangers of running and i think we were, we were pushing allowed. through the the hard stuff yeah I d- it's definitely takes a a certain mental fortitude because um i've known almost all the runs i've i've gone to a dark place where i it was hard to crawl crawl out of but I, I did mainly because of who was with me, like you and brocade and just like your wills, you got the will of you guys helped me get out of it. I couldn't have done that on my own. So I can't imagine, ah, oh, I'm a little scared now. Well, I'm sure we'll all, we'll be there on the course. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will be out there somewhere. <laughs> but, um, I've had a DNF, you know, I DNF two years ago and, but I didn't have have anybody on the course I knew. Uh uh-huh. um, Velvet waited for me halfway there, and I was just in rough shape. And I, I probably should have um, jumped off the course right there, but I I got dehydrated, and but that was a whole different story. But that wasn't because you couldn't. I think that was because um, um, it was just time, wasn't it? Yeah, I got timed out. I wanted to continue, but I got timed out. But but even those little those little um, dark spots and races were shoot. I'm not gonna lie. I've been like in a five. Mo- I've been like in a five k, and I wanted to quit. <laughs> you Me know, too. you're running and you're kind of like, what the heck am I doing out here? This is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> why did I? Why did I let Scott talk me into doing this? <laughs> Scott said this was gonna be fun. What am I doing out here? So I've been in those races too, but. I guess just pushing through that stuff, huh? Yeah, because I think um, so. We'll really have to train hard. We're gonna have to crawl off our uh, brontosaurus, slide down its tail, and get <laughs> right onto the. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Flintstones. Oh, right? the Flintstones! <laughs> crawl off of our brontosaurus. <laughs> I think we're gonna see. If we're gonna have to crawl off the couch. No, it's like from our job, from crushing rocks to running. Kicking rocks, huh? Yeah. Just running. But I'm excited. I'm I feel good about this one. I'm gonna do I have to do a lot of editing. I have to do a lot of editing this out. I don't think I don't think we fit too well in this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yep. so anything to add down next time? 
to put your miles in. We have a special guest next week. Yeah, we're going to have um, Sensei Scott come on. Sensei Scott. Yeah, Sensei Scott's going to be on the next show. He has. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's actually right here. Want to say something for next week? Hi, for next week. That's all you get, just a teaser. So I didn't accuse more. you of cheating. It wasn't gonna, me. It wasn't me either. <laughs> and he gave us a big old giant rock. I don't he know just what it is. Walked in and put a rock on the table there. He's all, he's he's full of surprises and left turns. He's probably gonna make us carry that on our next run. And it'll probably he's gonna like Miyagi us somehow with this rock. <laughs> you just turned his name into a verb, Miyagi us. <laughs> 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 you knew that you Miyagi'd me. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. So. Shinnick. Oh, wait. Huh? If nobody knows, Sundays. Look for a Sunday. And so you're going to re- release this on Sundays? Sundays. Okay. Every Sunday, we're going to have a new episode. Church. Church. And then Trailcast. In that order. <laughs> oh man yeah so yeah and we're gonna do that also the feedback's been good yeah got some good feedback also we are in the process of um so when uploading this i kind of thought it automatically got distributed to all the things but you gotta actually do that yourself so i'm in the process of so right now we're only on Buzzsprout where you can find us, but we're in the process of getting all all the other major podcast distributors like Apple, um, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, I believe. And you're gonna be on iHeart. We are. We're gonna be on iHeart. We're gonna be part of the <laughs> um, part of the machine. <laughs> so so buckle up. We're we're going there. And also, thank you Give for Delilah everybody. Give Delilah a run for her money. Yeah, thank you for everybody who's listening and downloading and uh, yeah, telling your friends. Everybody. It's um, people that I didn't know would have listened or listening. Well, I don't know how they got a hold of it, but uh, thanks. That's just yeah. the, the power of the power of acknowledgement. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Why it's written on my notes for some reason. <laughs> thanks for everybody. So, until next week. Adios.